Sunny. Today was a snow day, so school was out for many of you, and I'm going to talk more about that in a moment. But uh, there's a, a lot of messages that were sent in about my commentary. There's one that stands out that I'm going to address before I pull in my next guest. Tyler, I don't know why all you liberals don't just move to Minnesota if North Dakota is such a mess. Well, why the hell should I have to move? I've born and raised here. I don't plan on moving anytime soon. But I do find it interesting that this, quote, liberal is the one that is standing up for you against big government in Bismarck and defending local control. Doesn't that seem a little off? So you're welcome that uh, at least somebody's voicing up for the little guy out there against that big government that is in Bismarck right now telling you that you don't know what you're doing. But I'll stay. I'll, I'll keep my North Dakota license. And plus, I don't want to have to go and become an out-of-state hunter when I apply for my 2K2 deer license. 237-5948. You can text in as well at 35270. Lots going on. A lot of things to cover when it comes to legislative sessions. We're going to continue doing that this hour as well. In fact, Nick Archuleta joins us right now. He's the president of North Dakota United, representing those uh, great public workers, those teachers, representing what their needs and wants are in that legislative body. Nick, welcome back to KFGO. How are you? Tyler, I'm just terrific. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you taking some time. I don't even know where to begin. (laughs) So I don't know if I just say, hey, this platform's yours, man. But there's a lot, uh, there's a lot that's up in the air right now when we talk about public education. Uh, We've talked about, you know, some of the the urge from lawmakers to take money and give that towards private schools. You've got this uh, approach now that lawmakers are looking at the the public employees' retirement system saying, yeah, we can't do this defined benefit anymore. Or I should say we don't want to do the defined benefit contribution anymore and and what that might mean long term. So I put those up on a tee and I let you swing out whichever one you want first. Well, let's take the one we're dealing with uh, right now. In fact, it's going to be uh, voted on in the House Appropriations Committee. That's uh, a, a voucher bill. Uh, it's a House Bill 1532, introduced by Representative Claire Corey from Grand Forks. Um, and what this bill will do is it will take monies that are raised for public purposes, including public education, and and give them to give those monies to uh, private and parochial schools that they can then turn around and use to offer discounts to folks who enroll their students there. Um, North Dakota United, you should know, has no problem at all with parents choosing to educate their kids, whether it's homeschool or at parochial schools. Um, But we do have an issue with them using public monies uh, that are raised for public purposes uh, and giving them to private schools so they can choose the students that they want to populate their schools. Um, We have a a real problem with that. Um, And in this particular bill, Tyler, um, there is no accountability. Once that money goes to the school, it's gone. If you give money to a, uh, the state allocates uh, over $10,000 per student to public schools, that money is administered by a locally elected school board. I, I heard you mention something about local control. And every dime of that money has to be accounted for. If not, then you get a nice visit from the state auditor. Nobody wants that. So, um, But that's not the same. When you give that um, public money to private schools or parochial schools, that's it. You don't have any more say over it. What, what was the reason? Because this bill, that's what stood out to me as well. I mean, the, the price tag of $24 million certainly stands out as well. But the fact that, you know, we, we're not going to bat an eye at finding $24 million. We're going to give it to a private school. And then we're not going to make sure that they spend it the way that the public wants. You don't see that in any other example that I can think of. 
No, and and uh, that and that's problematic. I'm, we don't know. Uh, and, and here's the other thing: in, in public education, we take every uh, child that walks, runs, rolls, or gets carried through those schoolhouse doors, and it doesn't make any difference if they're rich or if they're poor, if they have cognitive uh, difficulties, if they have a physical disability. We get to, and we we embrace this responsibility of educating every North Dakota child. Um, private schools don't have to do that; they can discriminate against any student for any reason. Uh, my my nephew, for example, has cerebral palsy. When he was in school, it cost about $120,000 a year to educate him. He's nonverbal. He's in a wheelchair. Um, he had a, a, a full-time aide as well as a, a computer that uh, did some talking for him. He got a great education in Bismarck Public Schools. Um, that student, very it would be very unlikely that he would ever be educated or students like him ever be educated in a, in a private or parochial school because they just don't have the expertise nor do they have the, the what it costs to educate a student that way. Nick, when I brought this up the first time uh, that this bill uh, was brought to my attention, there was a couple of things, and I related to the the Class B you know basketball tournament because you know mm-hmm. when you, when you have that going on, you're always looking. Okay, it's one of those private schools, and any Class B is rooting against them. This bill would actually have you be paying for those students. But I had a lot of pushback from people. Oh, no, I shouldn't say a lot. I had some because I had a variety of, of people, and I said the same thing you did. Look, if you choose to send your child to private school, more power to you. Uh, you know, and, and they keep saying, but if I do that, then why should I not be able to get a a voucher back for my property taxes that I'm paying to the public school? I'm curious your response to that. Well, here's the thing. You pay, we all pay, right, mm-hmm. uh, for our, our property taxes. And they go to a, uh, any number of, of uh, public purposes. But schools are certainly, I believe, the largest but also the park boards, also the uh, other things that the individual communities spend that uh, property tax money on. And the, what we get for our investment is an educated populace, right? We don't do anything more important than educating our future. So everybody benefits by having the majority, and in the case of I think it's like 90% of North Dakota students go to public schools. And so the benefit might not be as immediate for them, but there is a benefit for it. And here's something else. Every, uh, you know, I don't have any kids anymore in, in public schools, but I'm paying my property taxes because I value public education. Um, there are people who may never have had children. Uh, they pay property taxes because they, too, will benefit from an educated populace. So uh, that particular argument doesn't hold much uh, water for me. Also, uh, if you are sending your child to a public school, um, you can still avail yourself of all of the things that are available to public school kids. You can you can play on their sports teams. You can uh, take uh, higher level AP courses that might not be offered in your parochial or private school. So, I mean, it's not like they're totally shut out uh, because they don't uh, send their kids to uh, public school. Uh, that was the argument I made because you're sp- speaking with somebody who doesn't have a child right now, and uh, so I mean, can I make the argument that I shouldn't have to pay any property taxes to a public school? And I, I said that <laughs> tongue in cheek because I'm uh, of the same mindset you just laid out there that. Uh, I'm going to benefit somewhere along the way when that child is paying into taxes and maybe taking care of me at some point. Um, sure. Well, look at it this way, too, Tyler. I mean, uh, I don't go to the public pool, you know, not since my kids were, <laughs> were really young. I don't go to the public pool. I, I prefer the one, let's just say I, I belong to a club. And there's a, uh, a nice pool at the club. I don't say I don't want my uh, to pay my property taxes anymore for the park board. I want you to pay my membership at this club so I can swim in that pool. You know, it, it's uh, it's analogous. Mm-hmm. A bit of a stretch, but an analogy. My uh, my my last one on this. Uh, what well, it might not be yours. You can take it as far as you want here. My understanding is that there's some 
some co- communications going off from from the private schools saying, well, look, uh, if you're hearing this is taking away from the public school budget, that's not accurate. I- I'm curious. Break that down for people that are listening. Why the $24 million through this process does, in fact, impact some of that? Well, let me just start by saying it's $24 million for next year. For the next biennium, it's going to be $48 million. So let's just kind of make sure we understand that. Um, but uh, the, that argument that, uh, okay, refresh my memory. That <laughs> Oh, that, <laughs> Sorry, I, th- there's a claim uh, from some out there that, well, this isn't taking that, that $48 oh, million sure. over two years from s- public schools to go to private. Not necessarily. Yeah. It's not necessarily doing that. But those monies were raised for public purposes, including public education. So, yes, this is all brand new money, and it's not uh, coming out of the budgets of schools today, but that's money that won't be available. Uh, there'll be, you know, $28 million or $24 million next year that won't be available. There'll be uh, $24 million a year after that, and the year after that, that won't be available for public schools and other public purposes. And there's no accountability with that $24 million <laughs> per year uh, in the, the system no. as this bill stands right now. Nick Archuleta, Nick Archuleta is our guest. He is the president of North Dakota United. Uh, a lot of employees, you know what, in, uh, on the southeastern side of North Dakota, and it's not just the south, the, the valley, we got hit with a blizzard last night. You know what? We've been hearing reports yeah. all day today on KFGO about those public workers going out, clearing those roads, making sure people that were stranded were safe. Uh, there's always chatter out in Bismarck about, you know, how do we how do we properly pay? How do we properly make sure that in retirement they're living, you know, the, their best life as well? What's the latest? Uh, every session, Nick, and you know this, we start off with, you're going to get this percent first year, this percent the second. Then they start backing up saying, well, we better wait for a, a revenue forecast. And then That's that, true. And that forecast always comes in way low, and then they use that as a means to cut back. And then it turns out, oh, wait, we collected a lot more than the forecast predicted. Where are we at on this? Well, right now there, the, uh, there are two placeholder um, uh, pieces of numbers, I should say, in terms of what the salary increase could be for public employees. And you're right. We won't know until after the uh, uh, the um, forecast comes in. But um, I've been assured that uh, they are looking to make some real progress on public employee salaries. Uh, the pension side of the thing, uh, not so much. There's there is a bill uh, in front of the legislature right now, House Bill 1040, uh, that came from the Retirement Committee that has studied this thing now for a couple of years, and they had one charge, and that charge was to develop a plan to close the defined benefit uh, retirement plan uh, that are that, uh, the North Dakota Public Employees Retirement System administers now. Um, and so they put in a bill to, to actually do that. Um, we, of course, are, are not in favor of that bill. We know that for a fact that public employees are paid anywhere from 7 to 12 percent less uh, than their counterparts that are equally trained and equally educated in the private sector. And so uh, health insurance and a a defined benefit retirement plan have for a very long time been used uh, to to help uh, make up that difference of what the state can't uh, put down. And not not just state, but political subdivisions don't have in in salary. So um, when we and we know then, too, that this is an excellent tool to recruit and to retain public employees that are doing very, very important work on behalf of the citizens of North Dakota. Our fear is that if they end this program, it's going to become ever more difficult to recruit uh, and retain people to fill these jobs. These, they're very vital jobs. Uh, uh, whether you, you were talking about snowplow operators, that's certainly important. Um, but, but also some other folks that, that you know, 
collect the taxes that we uh, that we have uh, in North Dakota and to provide other uh, vital services for the citizens of the state. So we don't want this to go away. Now, the, the, the chairman, uh, Mike LaFour, uh, and now the leader of the House, uh, has said that this won't impact any current retirees or any current uh, employees that are in the system, but only for future uh, retirees, uh, future members and uh, state employees. And we don't know that that's true, because if this legislature, and we know this is going to cost $5.5 billion over the next 20 years, $5.5 billion. I don't know that North Dakota has ever spent that amount of money on any one thing before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, keep that number in mind. It's huge. And, and so um, we don't prefer this plan because if this legislature says, okay, we're going to do this, it can't bind future legislator or legislatures to pay for the plan because you, you know this, you've served in the, in the state house that one legislature's state. priority may not be the a shared one. State Senate, you know, with the upper chamber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, I think this is an incredibly risky plan. Yeah. And and here's something good, though. I mean, there are two Republican senators, Senator uh, Sean Cleary from yep. uh, District 35 here in Bismarck and and Senator Dick Dever, who has, is just infinitely knowledgeable about public employee systems. Um, both of them are Republicans, by the way. Yep. They put in Senate Bill 2239 uh, and Senate Bill 2239 preserves a defined benefit plan, but it puts it on a trajectory to being fully funded. So when they say it's $1.8 billion um, underfunded, that's true. But that is, uh, that's a liability only if the plan fails. You know, yeah. So over the next 30 years, if we can get it to fully fund it, there isn't a liability. Well, and there isn't anybody asking for money. And, and Nick, uh, I'm looking at the time. I got a few minutes left here. But you're, they're right. I know real-world examples of people who – our state employees that were looking at other opportunities, but said, you know what, the, the retirement program, a private side cannot match the opportunity of, of what I've got right now. And that, that convinced that an inv- individual to stay as a public servant, you know, it's not that they dislike their job, but you know, with the market, the way it is right now, people are oh, looking yeah. at benefits and this is a great benefit. And it's the reason why yeah, the reason why this one's always the one that the lawmakers are looking at is because they don't get this benefit, unlike the health insurance. Yeah, you know, they had a, a chance uh, in, back in 2011 after the market collapse of 2008-2009. The very next legislative session was 2011, and both uh, the Teacher Fund for Retirement, which is also a defined benefit plan, and PERS went to the uh, legislature with plans to put these things back on a, a trajectory to fully funded status. Um, they gave the fix to TFFR, uh, the Teacher Fund for Retirement. Now there's two tiers. They extended the amount of time you have to work before you can start collecting. That thing is, is on a rocket uh, to being fully funded. Um, they never did fully fund the PERS one because they were f- fundamentally against public employees having a defined benefit plan. So they didn't fund it in 2011, 2013, 15, 17, 19, and 21. And now here we are. Uh I'm hoping that that uh, everybody exercises their good sense and and rejects the House Bill 1040 and and uh, passes uh, Senate Bill 2239 uh, because that's one that will maintain the plan while putting it on a course to fully funded status. Something they should have done in 2011. Mm-hmm. The irony of this is, if they had fixed it in 2011, it would be a heck of a lot easier to close today. It would be, and, and now it's it's 5.5 billion dollars 
And I don't think that our legislature is going to go for that. No, no. Well, not if they're fiscally conservative, as they claim to be. Nick, I'm out of time, man. I always appreciate your insight, and we'll chat again before the end of the session, all right? Well, that'll be great, Tyrus. Take care. Yeah, you take care as well. Nick Archuleta, president of North Dakota United. Somebody didn't like my joke in the text club. You didn't either back there. The North Dakota House and Senate are exactly the same elevation. There is no upper or lower chambers. Sheesh. Oh, you mean the state senator? <laughs> it's an inside joke for those of us that have been out there. Calm down. I liked it. I just really wanted to use that soundbite, but I <laughs> couldn't when we I had can an tell, interview. I could see the look on your face when I said the upper chamber. The joke. God, everybody. Let's get you caught up with KFGO News. We'll come back and talk about some ice fishing. Also, NDSU, the budget conversation ongoing. They're deciding some things today on the public side. Let's talk about the geology department between now and 4 o'clock.